0: coming. That's right, Eddie. <laughs> All right, lift your Bibles up, smart Alex. <laughs> Repeat after me. Say, this is, this is my Bible. Every word in it is true. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I'll be taught God's word. It's his truth transforming every part of my life. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you believe that, look at your neighbor and say, this message is for you. Amen. Amen. Because it is. Because here's the deal. We're in week two. If you missed week one, now remember you guys. You can go to our website or you can download our app, and all the sermons for like the last five or six years are on there. The sermon notes, the blanks and answers are on there. You guys can go back and listen again, download those things. If you missed last week, go back. You can listen to message number one in this series, but we're doing a four to five week series, I haven't decided how long yet, of knowing God's will, knowing God's divine direction for our life. How many of you would say right now that there's a decision you need to make in your life and you'd like God's help? Anybody? Yeah. It's important, isn't it, when you come to these crossroads and you're going to do that throughout your life where there are going to be times that you need to know, what do I do? You know, do I go to college or go to the military? Do I, do I marry this person or not? Do I take this job or not? Do I shoot my husband or not? You know, whatever, you've got these decisions that you've got to make and you really would like It would be helpful to have God's wisdom. And and I want you to understand something today, and, and know this. This isn't in my notes, but I want you to hear this. God is not trying to hide his will from you. God is not trying to hide his will from you. But I want to help you today to discover some truths that are going to maybe shed some light on the way God wants to lead you and guide your steps. So I want you to really open your hearts and minds. Ask yourself the question that we did a few minutes ago. Do I trust God? Do I trust him enough to submit to him? And if I do, how's he going to lead me? So let me ask you a question. Let's start off here. By a show of hands, how many of you would say today that if I came to you and said, look, there's a job opportunity, you're going to have to move to a city that you love, a place that you've always wanted to go, and I'm going to pay you an extra $12,000 a year to go there? How many of you would go right now? Man, y'all sold out way too fast. <laughs> what if... I gave you the same option, but I gave you 50 grand. Well, now you're holding off. Now you're getting smart. What about 100 grand? What if I gave you 100 grand? Come on, let me see some hands. Wayne is out, okay, so he is gone. You know, here, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Many of us, would say, hey, you know, I'm going to take that opportunity. I'm going to go do those things. But it's funny, it's funny to me, or funny, maybe it's interesting to me, how many of us would say, wow, if they're going to pay me that much, I'm gone. How much prayer time did you spend on that? <laughs> Some of y'all, I hadn't even finished talking, and you were like, I'm out. It is the Lord. <laughs> he spoke to me. With Benjamin Franklin's, and therefore I must go. You know, there wasn't any prayer time spent in that, but it, but it's interesting how sometimes we can be led, and we're so quick to make decisions a lot of times, but we don't necessarily consult God. Because here's the thing, what if I were to ask you that question again, but I would say, now listen, when you go, you're going into an area that's that's very challenging. You're going to be going to downtown Chicago, and the schools maybe aren't real good, and you see what I'm saying? You, you're like, I'm out, $12,000 more. You didn't know you were going to a war zone, right? But that's how many of us in life, we, we, just, we would just rather have God say, just go here, go do this, go do that. But we talked about it last week. That's not necessarily the way God works. God actually gives us wisdom, Tommy. He gives us wisdom To make decisions, sometimes he doesn't say, Shane, go this way. Even in the book of Deuteronomy, God stands up through Moses and he speaks and he says, Look, I'm giving you two options. This is God. He said, I'm giving you two options. Door number one, life, blessing, peace, prosperity. Door number two, destruction. And God says, Choose door number one. But notice what happens here he doesn't make us do anything. God always gives us the ability to choose. Because if he didn't give us the ability to choose, we would just be robots. And God didn't want robots. The Bible says he created us in his image. He gives us free will and he gives us the ability to make decisions. So I want you to understand something. This series we're in is critical because there are going to be opportunities, not just one, but over and over and over again in your life where you're going to have to make decisions and you want to make the right one. How many of you like to make right decisions? Let me ask a different question. How many of you like to make wrong decisions? Thank you. Okay, so we're all on the same page right now. So let's talk today about God giving us wisdom to discern, wisdom to understand what the right thing is. Here's the big thought, and I talked about it a little bit last week, but I want to mention it again. The decisions that we make today determine our future tomorrow. We make our decisions, but our decisions make us. I'll say that again. The decisions that we make today determine our future. We make our decisions, but our decisions in turn make us. I, I want to say this to you, and I mentioned this to someone last week that I was having a discussion with. Here's the truth. You don't ever accidentally end up with an awesome life. It's not going to accidentally happen. Your life The culmination of your life, whether you are successful, whether you find peace in God and and you, you move on and are successful in life, is going to be based on a series of small decisions that you make over and over and over again. And that is ultimately going to get you where you want to be in life. But bad decisions are the same way. It's usually not one or two decisions that in, keep a, or send us where we're going. It's usually a series of smaller decisions. And those smaller decisions make who we are. Last week we talked about with God, it's not, it's not just uh, with Him who you are and all those things. But when we understand who we are in Him and really what we do, those are the important things. Who before do. God wants our hearts to be right. And if our hearts are right, then the decisions we make will be good. But if our hearts are wrong, the decisions that we make in life are going to be wrong. But we live in a society and a culture probably unlike anyone that's ever lived before. I mentioned this last week, and I thought it was great. I want to see again because I know there's a lot of different people in here today. How many of you grew up with three TV stations? Come on, let me see your hands. All right, you put your hands down. How many TV stations are there now? A lot. When I grew up, we could watch Hee Haw or Walt Disney. Right? I mean, come on. That was it. Black and white TV. I was the remote control. Son, go turn the channel. Come on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I thought the world lived in black and white. I thought that's how that was. But now we have hundreds of decisions. But how many of you are like me? You have hundreds of decisions to make and you will look for a TV show for 30 minutes and can't find anything. And you know what statistics tell us, scientists tell us right now? Our world, part of the challenge that we face in the culture that we live in right now, it's not that we don't have any options, it's that we have too many options. And in effect, we end up not making any decisions at all because we've got too many choices to make. And so we approach God and say, God, I've got option A, B, or C. Just tell me what to do, Lord. Just show me exactly. Just help me. And a lot of times God doesn't do that. But what God gives us is wisdom to make the decision. He gives us wisdom to make the decision that is the best decision for us. But, you know, so many of us sometimes are afraid of making the wrong decision, that we don't make any decision at all. And honestly, that in and of itself is a decision, isn't it? So I want to look at the Apostle Paul for the next few minutes and just kind of see how he handled things. Now remember, the Apostle Paul wrote about two-thirds of the New Testament. The Apostle Paul had a pretty good handle on what God's will lo- was in his life. So let's look at 1 Corinthians 16, verses 6 through 9. And let's see some, maybe how Paul handled some decisions that he needed to make. Are you ready for this? Here we go. Perhaps I will stay with you for a while or even maybe spend the winter so that you can help me on my journey wherever I go. What do you mean wherever you go? Does that sound specific to you? Doesn't sound specific to me. For I do not want to see for I want to do not want to see you now and make only a passing visit. I want to stay. I hope to spend some time with you if the Lord permits. But I will stay on at Ephesus until Pentecost, because a great door of effective work is open for me. But there are many who oppose me. Let me just tell you, if you just take that one section of Scripture, and this guy is really in tune with God, but notice some of the language he uses. Perhaps. Maybe I'll stay. Maybe I won't. I'm really not sure. I hope, if the Lord permits And what this shows me just in a microcosm is that there are sometimes decisions, Ethan, that you're going to have to go down and make. And and you may not have complete clarity on them. You've got a decent idea is what, what Paul's saying here. He goes, maybe I can stay, maybe I'll go, maybe I can spend more time with you than I think, but I'm not sure. Isn't that interesting? That's fascinating to me. He didn't walk in with this plan and this map that said, I'm going to go here and I'm going to go there and I'm going to go over here. As a matter of fact, if you study Paul's journeys, he will say a lot of times we were going over here and God stopped us and redirected us somewhere else. It wasn't even part of the plan. In other words, Paul was making plans, but God was guiding his steps. And folks, it's the same way for me and you. God wants you to use your brain. He wants you to plan. He wants you to understand how to do things. But sometimes he's just going to redirect your path. And sometimes he's going to let you make the decision of where things go. Isn't that interesting? Lord, tell me what to do. Give me wisdom to decide. How, how does that look? We're going to talk today about God's giving us direction and divine guidance. For those of you that have asked that question, I'm going to really lay this out for you in three pretty simple steps according to Scripture. Proverbs 4, verse 7 says this. Get wisdom. It's the wisest thing that you can do. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. Isn't that interesting? So here's the first thing you need to do. This is going to be simple because most of you have heard this your entire life, but it's absolutely true. Number one is you need to walk and surround yourself with the right people. And all the parents said, amen. Amen. You need to walk and you need to surround yourself with the right people. So here's two questions I want you to ask right now. Who are you hanging around with and who are you listening to? Who are you hanging around with and who are you listening to? Proverbs 13 through 20 says this. Walk with the wise and become wise. Why? Because a companion of fools does what? Suffers what? Harm. Harm. It's interesting to me the way God works. Door number one, blessing and cursing. Door number two, I mean, excuse me, blessing and life. Door number two, cursing and death. God says choose life. He does the same thing here. He says, look, walk with the wise, Angie, walk with the wise, and you're going to be smart. But if you hang around with idiots, what's going to happen? That's so simple. That is so simple. I want to tell you a quick story, true story. There's a gentleman recently that was over at the gym, and he was working out. And as he worked out, a young man came up to him and said, listen, I've recently committed my life to Christ, but I'm recovering from drug addiction. And, and I'm struggling, but I'm really trying to do it right. And he really was. This guy was sincere in his heart. He was really trying to work and get things right. He was really trying to do the right thing. So this pastor, as he was talking to him, he asked him this question. He said, man, that's, that's fantastic. He said, listen, how many of your friends that you're hanging around with right now, how many of them are... are christians how many of them are committed to christ he said none of them he said well who are you spending time with who are you hanging out with that's really helping you and guiding your steps he said really nobody i don't want to make this statement right now that i think is absolutely true and powerful it is almost impossible to live the right kind of life when you have the wrong kind of friends I'm going to say it again. It is almost impossible to live the right kind of life when you have the wrong kind of friends. Because we are, by design, we're going to go with the flow of what's going on around us. And if you are walking with the wise, then you will become wise. In other words, let me put it in our vernacular if you're hanging out with smart people, you're probably going to become pretty smart. But if you're hanging out with fools, it's going to lead to destruction. I don't have to know you, I don't have to know you, but if I get a list of who your close friends are, I know everything about you, because I can tell what kind of habits you have, and I can tell, boy, y'all got quiet, (laughs) but I can tell a whole lot, because whoever you're hanging out with and whatever they're doing is probably what you're doing. Isn't that right, Trev? That's the way it works. That's really the way we're designed. And so you need to understand right now, and I'm going to say this. You go, Pastor, that is really, really hard. Why would you say that? Some of you need to get some new friends, guys. You say, but that's so mean. Why, why would I? I'm not saying you don't ever have to hang out with them again, but what I'm saying is wherever you spend the majority of the time, the people you spend the majority of your time around are going to help dictate where you're going to end up. I can give you examples from my own life. I hang out with some pretty sharp people. And I do that on purpose. And I learned as a young man that I wasn't as smart as I thought I was. And that I needed to get around people that were smarter than me. People that knew things I didn't know. People that were in a place that I wanted to go to. People that were pioneering things or doing things that I wanted to be like. And so, but that meant That if I was going to do that, that I wasn't necessarily able to be with this group over here anymore. And so I had to migrate myself out. You go, Pastor, that sounds so hard. You know what? Do you want your life to turn out well or not? What kind of decision do you want to make? Think about it. Think about it. I want to define wisdom for you because it says walk with the wise and become wise. So let's define just real quickly. It's not in your notes, but I'm just going to say it for you. This is a... A practical theological definition of wisdom. Wisdom is practical knowledge by which we gain true and lasting happiness. let will say that again. Wisdom is practical knowledge by which we gain true and lasting happiness. For those of you that want that, remind me and I'll, I'll put it on Facebook or something tonight. So if we want to grow in wisdom, if we want to make good decisions... And we want to have wise direction. We need to walk with wise people. We need to consult with wise people. And I will tell you, in our church, we've got some really smart people. Both of them are really smart. (laughs) But I'm serious. There are a lot. We've been really blessed with some people that are really sharp. And I don't just mean book intelligence. I mean people that have a lot of wisdom. And I want to tell you, before I make big decisions, and my board will, will back me up on this, I talk to people because I know I don't have it all figured out. And the Bible tells us that there's safety in wisdom and there's safety in counsel. And I want you to know you need people in your life that you can trust with godly wisdom. With godly wisdom. So the first thing you need to do is you need to walk with wise people. Number one, remember that. Number two, you need to ask for wisdom. Ask for wisdom. James chapter 1 verse 5 says this, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. Who is any of you? That's all of us, isn't it? If any of you ask wisdom, he should, lacks wisdom, he should ask God. Why? Because God gives generously to everyone without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Think about that. If you're you're a child of God and you ask him for wisdom, he will give you wisdom. But you know what I would argue? Most of us go to God after we've already decided to start doing something. Anybody? Am I the only one? I'm an idiot. Okay, you guys are awesome. But that's what we do a lot of times. We jump off into the big middle of something and we go, should have prayed about that. Right? That looked like a good idea before. Come on, maybe we should up front say, God, we're getting ready to do this, and I, I need to ask your wisdom, your practical knowledge, because I want this to turn out well, so I, maybe I should start with him first, instead of going to him about halfway through, which is what a lot of us do. I'm going to tell you a story real quickly, it's out of 2 Chronicles chapter 1, verses 6-12. through 12. I'm going to read this whole set of scripture, because I think it's incredible. David has died, King David has died. And Solomon has now become king, David's son. In front of the tent, the king, Solomon, worshipped the Lord by offering sacrifices on the bronze altar. He had a thousand animals killed and burdened whole on it. Now let me just back up and say something right here. When they would offer sacrifices back in that day, there there would be a law that said, this is the way you do this. And it would say, all right, in, in this instance, you need to sacrifice one bull. Solomon sacrificed a 1,000. It wasn't what the requirement of the law was, but he wanted to get God's attention. And I want you to understand something today, and this is an aside, but when you sacrifice greatly for God, whether it's in service or giving, whatever, it gets his attention. It gets his attention, and it did. That night, God appeared to Solomon and said, check this out. What would you like me to give you? How many of you ever grew up and watched the Aladdin show? Come on, anybody? You know Aladdin? Imagine in that moment, I'm being silly, but you guys will get the point. He rubs the lamp. The genie comes out and says, I'm going to give you three wishes. That's fake. This is real. God shows up to him in the middle of the night. and begin, The presence of God shows up and says to him, Solomon, you've got my attention. What would you like me to give you? Ask yourself that question. If God says you can have anything, Marshall, if God said, Marshall, whatever you want, you can have anything, what would you ask for? Revenge on your enemies? Unlimited wealth? Good looks? I mean, look at me. I understand. (laughs) That was funnier than y'all laughing about you know, but what would you ask God? Just think about that for a second. What would you ask, Wayne, what would you ask God for? You know, if He would give you anything, what would you ask for? Hair, somebody said. It's awesome. Your spiritual depth is overwhelming. It's good, Jason. I like that. It wasn't you. that Ross yeah got all kinds of hair back hair does not count y'all come on let's get real up in here come on (laughs) sorry I can't help it what would you like me to give you God says watch this Solomon answered and said you have always showed great love for my father David and now you have let me succeed him as king Verse nine, O Lord God, fulfill the promise that you made to my father. You have made me king over a people who are so many that they cannot be counted. So give me the wisdom and the knowledge I need to rule over them. Otherwise, how would I ever be able to rule this great people? What does that say about Solomon's heart? He could have asked for anything and God would have given it to him. And he said, God, I want to be a better leader. I want to lead your people the way you want them led. So here's what God says. You have made the right choice. Instead of asking for wealth or treasure or fame or the death of your enemies or even a long life for yourself or hair, (laughs) you've asked for wisdom and knowledge so that you can rule my people over who I made you king. I will give you wisdom and knowledge, and in addition, I will give you more wealth, treasure, and fame than any king has ever had before or will ever have again. He asked for wisdom. See, if you ask for money, you can blow it. Statistics tell us that most people who win the lottery, their families fall apart and they're broke in a few years. So money's not the answer. What about fame? It's a nightmare. What about you can just go down the list, but when you have wisdom to make the right decisions, it impacts every area of your life. You're a better parent. You're a better boss. You're a better husband or wife. You're a better pastor. It affects everything that you do, and it doesn't go away. Solomon asked for God's guidance to lead his people. Money, power, possessions, revenge, they all fade away. But wisdom is not just a thing. Wisdom is the thing. Also notice that Solomon sacrificed extravagantly, and that got God's attention. So here's the goal. You need to ask God for wisdom. God can show you how to do things. Let's look at number three. So we've got walk. Walk with the right people. We've got ask God for wisdom. And I would also say if you're walking the right people, you're also asking them for wisdom. So those two kind of go together. But you need to ask God specifically. And here's number three, decide. Decide. You know, here in the country, rural America, we have many opportunities, don't we, to look at wildlife up close? Especially when you're going across the road. Right? Right? You get to see them a lot. How many of you would say on a weekly basis there's a deer that, that's pretty much wanting to cross in front of you? Right now there's turtles, right? By the way, i got to tell you the funniest thing this morning I was driving up. I actually laughed out loud in my truck. I'm driving up our road, and I look over, and there's a turtle. And usually, you know, they're turned sideways walking across the road. This one was actually facing me when he pulled up, and he was like boat up. <laughs> like, bring it, truck. <laughs> seriously, I've never seen one do that. He really was. I mean, he like saw me coming. He's like, uh-uh, who's the turtle now, you know? But there's tarantulas. How many freak out when the tarantulas start crossing the road, right? They're, they're, so all that's going on right now, but, but they're always going back and forth. But the funniest, the funniest animal on the road to me around here that I have seen are squirrels. Aren't they funny? Because here's what they do. Dude, dude, got an acorn, got an acorn, got an acorn. This acorn's also a truck, truck, truck. Which way do I go? Which way do I go? Every direction. They know you're coming. They see you coming. And then they just start running. It's like they're freaking out. How many of you ever seen the movie Karate Kid? I mean the original Karate Kid. Mr. Miyagi, the trainer of the young man that's, that's becoming the karate kid. Actually, there's this dialogue that they have. It's very brief. I'm just going to share it with you in my best Japanese accent. <laughs> Daniel-san. Daniel-san, we must talk. When you walk on road, walk on right side of road or walk in the middle of road. Or walk on left side of road. But Daniel son, if you walk in middle of road, you get squashed like grape. Make decision. <laughs> Thank you. Really, it's okay. I understand. We think sometimes we're so overwhelmed with decisions that we end up making no decision. And what ends up happening As we get run over in the middle of the road because we're really frozen without making the decision. We somehow think that if we don't decide, it'll be okay. And that's not the way it works. Right now in Texas and in Florida, Georgia, I talked to Grant uh, last night by text. He's over working as a lineman for us over there in Georgia. They're restoring power. There were millions of people in Houston and also in Florida that got the message to leave many of them well in advance, okay? But a lot of them couldn't make a decision. They didn't know what to do. They couldn't decide, so what ended up happening? They ended up reaping that hurricane by their indecision. And I want you to understand today, that's what many of us do in life. I want to say this, and I really want you to hear my heart, and this Pastor Craig Rochelle said this, and I think it's just... It's right on. When there is no clear biblical directive or moral command, God gives you wisdom to choose. I'm going to say that again. When there is no clear biblical directive or moral command, God gives you wisdom to choose. And here's what this means. God gives us the commandments. Jesus said, Love God and love others. You'll fulfill all the commandments. We've got the the Ten Commandments. We've got these commandments that are our guardrails, right? They guide us in life. Those are set. Those are not going to change. So when God says do those things, you do those things. Don't kill. Don't steal. Don't, you know, he's got this list of things that he commands us to do. Okay, those are set in stone. Those are non-negotiable. Okay? Now, how many of you like to negotiate the Ten Commandments? Okay, now you're just lying. Thank you for being honest, ma'am. You are the honest one this morning. You won the prize. We do. We want to negotiate with God. But here's the deal. When God makes a commandment, guys, that's just the way it is. So when God gives us a command, we have to follow that. When there's a moral imperative, we have to follow that. But sometimes decisions come up. For instance, do I live in this house or do I live in the other house? Do I buy whole milk or 1%? I mean, sometimes there are decisions that, that we get to make that there is no biblical imperative. There is no moral imperative. And that's where we need God's wisdom. Do I marry this person or not? Do I take this job or stay where I am? Do I go to this church or another church? And that's when we need God's wisdom and God's directive to guide us. 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 1 says this. So when we could stand it no longer, this is Paul talking to the church at Thessalonica. He says, We thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. You know what that tells you when you read that right there? Paul said, We sought wisdom, we prayed. God didn't give us a specific answer, so we applied wisdom, and we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. We decided to go this route. There are going to be times that God's going to say, you pick. You pick. You choose. You say, God, I want to shoot my husband dead. Moral imperative, breaking a commandment, you can't do that. Lord, I want to choke my child. Anybody? Come on. Let's be honest. Thank you, Danny. I see your hands. (laughs) No. No. Moral imperative. Sorry. (laughs) But what about, do I build here? Do I go there? What about that? God gives you wisdom to decide. I'm going to give you an example, and then I'm going to show you a short video that I think is going to really sum this up. And help you get this. You know, I asked you before, when we started today, I said, how many of you would use move for 12 grand? Most of you voted yes. After that, then you got smarter and held off. But there are some times in life when God gives you the ability to make decisions, and it's not necessarily absolutely clear what he wants you to do. And he usually gives you choices. Nine years ago, when we got the call to come here, It was a huge decision in our life. It was a big decision. I'm not going anywhere. That's not where this is going, so y'all relax. Or be disappointed, whichever. (laughs) But we were at, at this crossroads. What do we do? We knew we were going to have to make some financial adjustments intern- internally, but you know we would ask friends. They said, "Hey, you know we hear you guys are interviewing a couple of churches. Where are you going?" I told them one in Tyler, and they said, uh, "They said where's the other one?" I said, "In Arkansas." I said, "Where?" And they said, "In Highland." And they said, "And where?" <laughs> I said, "Highland. Where's that?" I have no idea. It's in Arkansas. Nothing against Highland. I'm kind of glad people don't know where we are. It's a big decision. God. We need wisdom. God, show us what to do. God, guide our steps. See, some of these decisions that you make, you're making right now, it's not necessarily the moral imperatives. Those are easy. Love your neighbor. Make the right decisions. Tithe. Do those things. Those are, those are easy. It's the ones of, do I move here? Do I stay there? Do I go here? Because here, Here's why I want to say this to you. Because the implications of those decisions are, Huge. And so I spent a few days, or a few days, some, a couple hours this week really thinking about some things. What if we'd said no? What if we'd gone to Tyler? How would that have impacted our family? You know, how how, how would how would that one seemingly innocent whatever decision, how would that have impacted our area? How would that have impacted our church? How would that have impacted some of us that now have a relationship? Because on the surface, that looked crazy. But now I step and look at it and go, I can't imagine doing anything else. That's why you need God's wisdom. There are people in your life Waiting for you to make the right decision. There are people in your life that are trusting you, Matt, to make the right decision. And you need to take time to listen to God. It's not always about the money. Matter of fact, it should not be about the money. That is a factor. But that's why I tested y'all. 12 grand, whoop, I'm there. Sometimes you need to follow the direction and guidance of the Holy Spirit, Trevor, when you don't know. But if you don't walk with wise people, do you know I had people thought we were nuts for coming up here? And if I'd have just listened to them? There's some of y'all that are here that people talk to you and say, you are crazy. They don't even like wear shoes. (laughs) Right? Come on, let's be real. People... If you ask some of your friends that aren't walking with God, they're just going to tell you anything. But if you're walking with godly people, they will give you wise. They will give you wisdom. If you're asking God, he's going to guide you and show you what to do. But then ultimately, you have to decide. God, what am I going to do? You know how you get wisdom a lot of times? experience. How many of you have ever touched an electric fence? Wisdom. (laughs) Right? I got tased one time. That was all I needed. (laughs) I've hit an electric fence on purpose one time. That was all I needed. Many of us Have these experiences, and sometimes God allows you to get wisdom because you make bad decisions, right? But watch this. How do you get experience? You step out in faith. You step out on faith. When we came here, it didn't make sense on paper, but in our hearts we knew it was the right thing to do, and we trusted God. And some of you, some of you need to hear this. Some of you have got decisions to make right now and you're not sure what to do but you feel like God is leading you a certain way you need to trust God. The worst thing that can happen is you get experience and wisdom because not making a decision is not a decision at all. Psalm 32 verse 8 and I'm going to close. I love this. The Lord says, I will guide you, Wayne. I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and I will watch over you. (laughs) The Lord says, I, God, will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and I will watch over you. I want to show you a video of what this looks like. Go ahead, Becky. Okay, this is Zach's first time trying a bike. He's
1: been working on the balance bike all day. Yeah, it's wood. Am about to send
0: Daddy
1: can it. Yep, he's letting. And he's Chris is letting Zach use his bike. He have
0: to entrain. When
1: he's Remember, Zach, you gotta keep going, going like you were on the balance bike, and then just start pedaling. Look up so you know where you're going. Sure left you right. keep going. There you go. Go a little faster. Yeah, keep pedaling. Keep pedal. Keep pedal, pedal. Go, 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 pedal. Go, 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 go. go. You are doing it. Oh, you're doing it! Go, 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 Zach! Zach, Zach, Zach. Yay! Hey, good job, Zach. Nice. Zachary! Woo-hoo. Yay! Look at him go! Good, Zach. You're doing a great job. Five, eight, nine, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, keep going! 10,
0: keep going! 12, 13, 14, 16, 16 17 Wow, you got your <laughs>
1: 17? Good, good job. 19, 19, 19. Go go go. 1 2 3 4 5 six, 7 8 9 10 I think 11, he's got it. 16 17 18
0: 19 20 See how that works? You notice how when they started off The dad's just right there, right? And whenever he gets ready to fall over, the dad just grabs him. And, And he's right there to protect him. And you notice there are those curbs over there. Those curbs are God's commandments that kind of keep us where we're supposed to be. And they're right there and they're advising, come on, you can do it. Did you notice they said something? Pedal. Pedal. Pedal, come on. Pedal, I'm right here. Pedal. What if I fall over? I'll catch you. Pedal. And that's what God wants to say to you. Pedal. Just come on. We got this. Because standing there is not an option. Nothing's going to change, Don, if we stand there. It's only when we begin to move. It's only when we begin to trust God. And notice we have a part to play. But God's right there guiding our steps. So for those of you today, are you walking with wise people? You might need to change your friends. You might need to get better advice. Are you asking God for wisdom? Are you, even, are you even consulting with God? Are you just doing your own thing? You need to stop, and you need to begin to talk to the man who wrote the book so that he can help you. But then you need to decide, and then you got to start peddling And this is where those songs we sang this morning come into play. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his word. God, you said you'd be with me. You said you'd never leave me or forsake me. God, you told me you would walk with me, that you would help carry me. So, all right, God, I'm just going to trust you. You know how cool that is? And then pretty soon, you realize you're peddling. And God's over there watching you. He goes, yeah, they're making good decisions. They've got wisdom. I'm here for them, but look at them. That's the goal. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you. Lord, I again, always, I thank you for the simplicity of your word. Lord, and we know that we need to ask you for wisdom, that you have a plan for our life, but Lord, it's in cooperation with us. Father, we can choose to rebel. Like Tricia said this morning, we can choose to submit to you or not. We can choose door number one, blessing, or we can choose door number two, cursing. Father, we can choose to walk with people who are wise. We can choose to put ourselves in environments where there are people that can help us. Or we can be with fools and suffer harm. Lord, we can ask you, And you said you would give us wisdom if we would ask for it. Father, give us wisdom. But Lord, then help us to walk. Father, help us to decide. Help us to step out. Not run in the middle of the road, Lord, but choose the left, choose the right, but recognize that you are there with us. And we we ask the right people, Lord, and we've... Walked with those that are wise, Father, and we've sought wisdom that, Father, you'd give us strength then to make a decision. That we would choose. Lord, I thank you for that. The places you will take us, if we'll just trust you, the amazing adventure that you have for our lives, if we'll just cooperate with you, If you're here today, nobody looking around for a minute. This is important. Maybe right now you're here and you've got a big decision to make. There's some decisions you're struggling with and you're not sure. And and God wanted you to be here today because he wanted to speak to you. Maybe you're you're that person today. If that's you, just slip your hand up because I just want to know. How many of you have big decisions? There's somebody. Thank you for your honesty. Awesome. I believe God's going to give you clarity for that. Maybe there's some of you here today that are, you're just kind of making your own decisions, but you're not really trusting God. You know what I'm going to believe today? I'm going to believe that you're going to change your mind. That you're going to start trusting Him and doing what He says. Doing it His way. I would suspect there's some of you here that are sick and tired of being sick and tired and you're tired of being where you are and the truth is you've probably put yourself in that spot. I want you to know today that you're not here by accident either. God's not judging you but he does want you to know the truth and he wants you to choose a better way. There's some of you here today that need to sit back and take an honest look at your friends You need to do that. You need to step back and you need to look at who you're with and who you're listening to. And you need to make some quality decisions that you're gonna listen to some people that are godly and wise. Life is too short to continue to make bad decisions. And that's wisdom. Lord, I pray that as we're here in these moments and your spirit is with us and you're touching our hearts, Lord, help us to settle that the truth is we're going to trust you. We're going to trust your word. We're going to believe you, God. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. Guys, do it. Trust him, OK? So I'll get on our feet. here's what we're going to do. I'm actually going to pray over the meal that you're about to go somewhere and eat. You'll love me later because then you don't have to wait for the other family that's late. You can just go ahead. Say, Pastor Chris said it was all right. You snooze you lose, right? Grab your neighbor's hand for me this morning. We are a family. We're a family. Father, I just pray that uh, you would bless these amazing people. And Father, as we leave this place, help us to realize that we're going out into a world that's hurting. That there are people in our families, Lord, in our community that that are hurting, Father. Help us to be light in a dark place. Help us point people to you. Father, help us to be your hands and feet. Help us to be your voice. Lord, help us to choose wisdom. As we leave today, Father, and spend time with family and friends, bless our meal Bless our fellowship together. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And Lord, bless the Cowboys and let them beat Denver. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs)